Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, dedicated to making you a better seller. Recorded 4,827 miles across the Atlantic Ocean with Bobby Das from Houston, Texas, a father, husband, golfer, pilot, and tech seller. And Brian Evans, an expat in London, England, family man, 2X Ironman, and an ERP salesman. Both sharing tried and true sales strategies and providing free tools to make each week and campaign easier for you. They also answer your questions weekly. Now, here is Bobby and Brian. Today on the Tech Sales Show, we have Bonnie Petrich. She joins us from Seattle today, and she's a sales trainer for Dell EMC. Bonnie provides a number of tips and tricks. She actually may give the best tip ever on this podcast in the first 20 minutes. She offers up many book suggestions and also gives practical suggestions to being an A++ sales rep. Bonnie talks productivity and how she keeps up with a global job. If you struggle to focus, Bonnie shares a number of ways to get things done on a daily basis. We enjoyed this discussion and look forward to a potential round two with Bonnie in the future. Enjoy. Thanks for joining the show, Bonnie. I'm Bobby Doss here in Houston, Texas, and we have Brian Evans over in Windsor, United Kingdom, and you are in Seattle, Washington today, I believe, correct? That is correct. Well, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. You bet. It's an honor. So I've had the opportunity to work with you a little bit at Dell EMC. You came to Houston and taught a course and I made a joke about my podcast, and that turned into us realizing we were very well connected through a, a number of different channels of life experiences around aviation, sports, and some other things. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, how we inter- interacted with each other at Dell EMC, and why you're on the TechSell Show today. All right. So I'm Bonnie Petridge, and um, let's see. I started my career selling in Silicon Valley. That's where I grew up. And I was in the communication industry, and I did that uh, for many, many years. was very successful until my son was born. And then I realized, you know what? I don't know. If my customer called and my son called, I always put my customers first, it seemed like, and I didn't want to have that challenge. So my second passion besides selling is teaching. So the Internet was just coming about, and so I went to our CEO of the company at Siemens and said, hey, listen, one thing you don't have is salespeople who've been very successful teaching other salespeople, um, especially in new hire and other courses. You have marketing people or you have people who have failed at sales that like fall into education. I think it's time that people who know how to do it um, can share their experiences with others. So um, sure enough, my son will turn 24 this September, so I have been in selling um, actually soft skills for tech people uh, for 23 years, starting with Siemens. Then I ran the Polycom for three years, their sales education. And then I moved into EMC, which became Dell EMC. And so now um, I've been asked to, because soft skills and the way we communicate, Bobby, is so critical to your success. I mean, you could be the smartest person in the world, but if you can't articulate it correctly, move the person off status quo, you're not going to win. So I've been asked, and I have traveled around the world teaching these soft skills. So, and then I also teach in Houston, which was fun. That was fun. It was great to meet you, and I'm sure 
if there's some veteran tech sellers on listening to this podcast, they've probably both been to good and bad tech sales training, uh, no question. But um, your course was awesome, and I really enjoyed getting to know you personally. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that personal family and background a little bit as well? All right. So I have one son, uh, graduated from Boise State. Um, he now works at Dell in the Inside Sales Program. And I have I have two burners, Bernice Mountain Dogs. I, so we belong to the Bernice Mountain Dog Club. And I'm an avid sports fan. Uh, we like to call them the 12s here in Seattle for the football team, Seahawks. And then I am a huge baseball fan. So uh, I travel when I almost every week to different offices, and I kind of look at the baseball schedule, Bobby, to make sure maybe I can slip in the game after class, <laughs> if I'm totally honest. Well, like I said, if you come to Houston, I'll, I'll make sure you get to go to Minute Maid Park and watch the number one Astros uh, play, yeah. play the game. I know. So, I laugh. For anybody who follows, I've been to every ballpark, so now I'm catching up on all the new ones that are being built. So, so Bonnie, you mentioned, or Bobby, you mentioned that you had aviation in common too. Bonnie, are you a, are you a pilot, or you just you just enjoy traveling, or what's what's your time oh, no. with aviation? Um, so, eldest child out of two, and um, majored. I went to San Jose State University and double majored in business and aeronautics. So I did a lot of flying uh, in my college years and a couple of years after, um, which I loved. But my passion is really um, selling. So when I got my license, I kind of started up a, a business to fly families to the away games. Um, so I just couldn't pull the trigger to be a commercial pilot, <laughs> sit yeah. in the cockpit. I'd be wanting to go up and down the aisles and talk to everybody. So. But I, <laughs> I know how to fly, have my license. I'm not current anymore because it's very expensive. But it was fun when it happened. <laughs> That's great. So you've got, as you mentioned, you've got a, a, a good long history in tech sales. What's kind of, what's kind of kept you in tech sales? What, what have you enjoyed about this industry versus selling in another industry? Um, I think when I picked communications, mm-hmm. you need communications. Everybody needed at that point, you needed a phone, you know, to communicate. Today, what at Dell does, technologies, is, is going to be around forever. I mean, information, how we, you know, mine it for new opportunities, it's always going to be there. And I think that jumping into a, a business or an industry that's not only, you know, going to be there for a long term and it's constantly changing. So the, how exciting is that? And it's something we use every day. No question, um, and it, you, you didn't become a pilot, but I can tell you this: there was going to be a huge pilot shortage, and it is the best time in the world if someone wanted to be a pilot to be a pilot, um, and they, they don't need to communicate with everybody down the aisle. But why? <laughs> why do you? Well, I guess let me take two parts to this question. What would you say the average tech seller that you see? What would you on a scale of one to ten? How would you rate their soft skills when they first meet you? And I know you meet hundreds of people, but and it's probably too general of a statement, but what would you say uh, the average soft skills capability is of a, of a tech seller today? Um, I think that every single person that I meet needs to get better at listening. Bobby, they listen to um, sell. They don't listen to learn and understand, and there's a huge difference. When you're listening to sell, you're selfish and you're listening for things that are only important to you, and the other person that you're communicating with can sense that. 
And you're missing out on opportunities if you took a step back and said, you know what, I'm going to be truly interested in this individual, in their world, and what they're doing. And when you do that, Bob, you ask much more effective questions. And the other person, the greatest gift you can give another human being is 100% of your attention. And that's hard. Listening is a skill. And unfortunately, everybody thinks that it's just we have two ears, so we just listen all the time. It's natural. It's not. It's a skill. And I... I've never seen anybody who practices that. I don't want and, to sound like a I don't want to sound like a dork, <laughs> but that that could be one of the best tips that we've heard on the Tech Sales Show since we started it. Honestly, because and it's it's a lot of what I say, but I've never articulated it that succinctly. Um, and I can tell you, I saw one customer today in downtown Houston uh, with some sales reps, and the one rep said, "I'll take that deal." And and it was all about him. It was nothing to do with what we were trying to accomplish for the customer. And it just resonates so well with the weaknesses that I see in partners and, and other people in the industry where they really only care about their next commission check or, or what they can do to infect that next commission check. And people aren't playing the long game anymore. I might be an old man, but I, I'm still playing the long game with my customers. I'm not worried about what they're going to do this quarter. I'm worried about how I can help transform their business for many years to come. And if every rep was doing that, it would be a totally different mindset with between customers and vendors we'd be much more like partners for sure gartner did a study and i loved it they came back and they business to business executives around the world and they said what three attributes would you look for in the perfect you know vendor the trusted advisor number one they said the person needs to be a good listener and that you know be interested not interesting focus on them and listen and when you really listen you follow up with they ask better questions. You know, I, my, my pet peeve is that question, We always, especially in tech, you have to be careful because sometimes it's technical, so you don't know what the audience heard. So we always tee up the poor question, hey, does that make sense? And Bobby, have you ever heard anybody say, no, no, that doesn't make any sense. So we need to get asked better questions to make sure that our audience <laughs> understands and hears what we're saying so that we can move them off status quo. And the third thing is, Give them insight. Tell them something that they didn't know. I mean, most of our customers spend their time learning about everything on the Internet. So that information is out there. But what they don't have is somebody who can take all that information in a simple, clear, concise manner, net it out for them where they go, oh, my gosh, I never thought about that. That's brilliant. Yes, I'll do that. That's a gift. That's a skill. But once you've got it down, you know, you're going to be heads and shoulders. You'll be very, very successful. Yeah, that's great. That's great advice and great feedback. I, I was. I, I think I've mentioned this on a previous podcast. I've got my 13-year-old son reading the Dale. Car- Actually, he had her finish it two weeks ago before he started summer break. But uh, we had him read how to how to win friends and influence people, the Dale Carnegie book, uh, which is a classic, but one that stands the test of time and is really, I'd say, a good 25% of the book is all about listening and then and then uh, being attentive and, and engaging in a in a rich conversation. Bonnie, are there any other books that you really like that um, help would help a salesperson with kind of the art of listening? <laughs> well, there is, you know, uh, shut up and listen. There's some great books on that. Um, I think the other one of my favorite books is a book called So What? Because okay. when we listen, when we articulate back, the audience is thinking, so what? What's in it for me? So I'm listening to all this, and um, can I repeat information back to them that they go, yeah, that's all about me. It's not about us. 
And one of the key things I teach in my listening class, and this works in marriage too, is that um, too many times we listen to our audience and then we, we filter it in our own head and then repeat back using our own words. And unfortunately, the other person thinks, wow, you weren't really listening because we never seem to use their words. So a great listening tip is to you know, repeat back every once in a while using the words that you heard them say so that they get it. They go, wow, that person's really listening. They're using my words, not their words. So So What is a great book, um, How to Listen, Shut Up, uh, Conversations that Win the Complex Sale. And my latest one I really enjoyed was called Time, Talent, and Energy, which was really good. I read a book every week, so I'm a ferocious reader. And then if any reader wants to send me an email, I, I'm crazy. I read a book, and then I read it again, take notes, and then I, I do my own little book report because I pull out key information that I can use in my class to keep myself relevant. There's nothing worse than taking a class that material is 10 years old. That used to tick me off when I took classes. So I make sure everything is current. And so to do that, I'm always reading the best of the books that are out there. Well, I, I can't wait. We need to definitely wrap up the interview with some of your favorites. Uh, okay. Bobby and I do a lot of reading as well. So I, I can't, wait to, can't wait to get to that. Um, and actually, uh, along with listening, there's a great book written by Ryan Holiday. He's one of my favorite authors uh, called Conspiracy. Uh, it's all about the trial with uh, Peter Thiel uh, against Gawker Media, uh, and it really talks about how the court case was lost because of poor listening skills by the attorney. So anyhow, it's a it's a great book. I think you'd enjoy as well. Good, I put that down. Thanks. Excellent. So let's let's kind of um, let's kind of jump on ahead to in, in, something you mentioned, kind of post listening. So you you talked about kind of bringing an opinion to the conversation, it, I think it kind of really fits in with challenger cell, but what do you, can you, can you just, can you talk more about that? Like, how do you, let's say that you're an, an account executive that's taken on a group of customers, um, a new set of customers, you go in for those first set of meetings, you're doing a lot of listening and understanding about the past relationship, uh, what their goals and challenges are. Um, can you talk about kind of the next steps about, you know, how do you coach uh, account executives to um, uh, prepare solutions? Um, so one of my very good friends is a former CIO of Visa. And he told me, he goes, Bonnie, you know, when you're talking to technical people or especially talking to CIOs and, and IT departments, ask them, you know, what activities are you and your team doing that frustrate you, that you hate doing, that seem to be a waste of time? Because trust me, we all have them. I mean, I ask that when I do role-playing in ours, and ours is usually, you know, doing expenses, followed by filling out forms in Salesforce.com, followed by maybe even pricing tools. So, you know, everybody has those tools and, and activities. And, and what if you could automate that? And then what would you like to do with your time? I think that's really important is that we find out what they would like to do. Um, one of the things that I see all the time is that we always go in and we ask our customers, what are your top concerns? What are your top things? And you know what? Sometimes a lot of them will keep the real stuff close to their vest and, and they won't share. So we need to ask better questions to get them to open up. And I think asking what about activities that they're using that they don't like um, is a great icebreaker and can get them to open up. And then what would they like to do? Because one of the things about the technical you know, people is that 
when they see something they like, they're not really good about selling it upstream. And was it Forrester says that on average, eight takes eight decisions um, to, to get a deal through, and most of those people on the decision making are not very technical. And so we need to coach our you know technical people into how to articulate the solution can impact not only their department but other departments. So that's kind of how I would see better communications going to be more successful. Great answer. So. When you walked in the room, Bonnie, I had never met you before. Uh, I think you had a box of candy, which was total clickbait for a bunch of guys that were going to sit in the conference room all day and, and do work. Um, but I could sense that you had been a top achiever. Uh, it's pretty, I, I don't know, I could tell you didn't walk in that room timid. I could tell there was a aura that this is going to be a good day. Um, and it, there's that. Not, not everybody has that. I guess my question would be, What's made you successful? And I, everyone could say hard work, but what is it that you think makes you successful today in your job um, and, and helps you take tech sellers to the next level? Um, I, I truly believed, um, and I've always been a, an overachiever, very successful, and it's because I sincerely believe I can help. I really, truly care about my customer, and I can help them get better in their job, get them a promotion if they wanted. And you know what? When you come and have that attitude and you truly believe that you're there to help, not to sell, it's different. If you come in there and you are worried about, oh, my God, I have to make this sale because I have to make my quota I have, or I have a, something I need, a commission check, that fear, and we've all been there. But when you have that, they can sense that. Um, but if you come in knowing and having that confidence that, you know what, I have really good solutions and I know I can help this person. And, it, you know, uh, they sense that. And how can you say no to somebody who's trying to help you? It's easy to say no to somebody who's trying to sell you, but it's hard to say no to someone who's trying to help you. Yeah, and the other thing that I'll say I've been impressed with because you could be a, ta- a paid a teacher slash trainer who could have came to Houston, dropped off some candy, ran us through a book, did some teaching, got on a plane and left. But you've stayed in touch. Like uncannily, you have continued to send us, uh, uh, you know, the five or six guys who were in that room that day, an email with tips and tricks, reminders. Are you really ready to have that conversation? And I've read all those, and it reminds me to keep keep smart, keep on my toes, keep doing what Bonnie told me to do. If you teach around the world and you teach weekly somewhere else, how many of those emails are you sending out to stay connected with the group that you've been teaching? Okay. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I do that because um, when I went into this job of training, I, I went at it as if I was a salesperson. And, so I, and then I took a step back and I said, am I doing it right? Are my adult students getting the best out of what I'm doing? And so I went back to school and got my MBA um, in education. And let me just tell you, um, I, <laughs> you want to talk about greatest accomplishment. Uh, the company would only pay 100% of the course if you got an A, 80% if you got a B, you know, 70% if you got a C. So needless to say, I got a 4.0 because I am motivated by money. <laughs> so, but it was hard. But that's the thing. It takes 14 weeks to change a behavior in an adult. 
So, and I know I've been in those classes where I've taken all these great notes and I have all this desire to change and be better and apply. And then I walk out that door and six hours later, I just fall back into my old habits. So by me sending out little reminders, it helps. It keeps it. So every day I keep that in Outlook. I have, um, I'm, you know, an organized. I love Outlook. I organize like that. And every morning I spend about 20 minutes sending out emails um, to all my classes. Uh, every day, Monday through Friday, because I teach classes usually Monday through Friday. So, um, and, and it's funny because when I do stop on the 16th week, I get people emailing me, I go, no, keep it coming, keep it coming. <laughs> I have many VPs who say that's, I look forward to that email every week. Because it's that's, very short, it's simple and clear and concise. It's, you know, they're not long. They're just behavior reminders to keep us on track. That's great. And so, Bonnie, you've had a chance then to meet hundreds of account execs from around the world. Um, when you, and you've had a chance to meet some that are average performers. We always talk about average being the enemy on the podcast. You've had a chance to meet and work with perennial achievers in the business. What do you think, what's kind of one or two top characteristics of someone that is a perennial achiever versus someone that may be a one hit wonder, uh, have a major year and then struggle year after year, you know, that's not as consistent as somebody as a perennial achiever. Um, the biggest difference Winners always want to get better. Winners mm. always want to learn. And there's a new thing out called mindfulness, and I, I took a class on that. And what I took away is that every day I embrace learning something new. I don't know who I'm going to learn from or what it is, but I look forward to that. And I tell you, it's really fun because I'm like, oh, that's it. That's what I'm learning today. And I laugh. You know, like, okay. But it, that's what great people do. They don't stop. Let's say you had a killer year or you knocked out of the park. They are constantly, what can I do better? They're asking people for feedback. They ask their customers for feedback. What can I do better? Because we all can do better. I mean, we have a coach out here at the Seahawks who said, you're, you know, you've got to compete with yourself. What can you do to make yourself better? And it's so easy to be status quo. But the top ones, they find the mentors. They read the books. They take that extra time. They don't work, you know, 80 hours, 90 hours. They work smarter. They manage their time, and they work on activities that are moving the deals forward and building relationships and, and not getting caught up in, in a lot of tactical activities. So that would be my biggest thing is that's the biggest difference. They're always wanting to learn. They always want to get better. They never stop. So that makes it like 100% of everyone we've interviewed has some brought up mindfulness in some small way. Bonnie, it's uh, kind of crazy. We talk about it. The, you have to be mindful, but there there is this this thing that if you're focused and you do find a way to have a mindfulness practice, that it does change things. And I like all those tips. It's 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 almost what we say. The only thing you didn't say was they they read the books, they do those. They also listen to the Tech Sales Show podcast. Um, all those perennial achievers do for sure. I'm kidding, of course. But so what's What's the one thing you do? You said read a book every week. What's the one thing besides reading books that helps you stay up on all the technology that's out there and all the tips and tricks? I mean, there's a million sales methodologies. What what does Bonnie do to stay up to speed on all this stuff? Okay, it's very simple. We have 24 hours in the day. There are seven days a week. I think all of us deserve one uninterrupted hour to get better. I think we can give ourselves one hour so in Outlook, every Friday, and I look forward to it, from 3.30 to 
uninterrupted time. That means my phone is turned off, my email is turned off, and I can work on you know little mini activities, 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, 10 minutes there. Um, because when you have no distractions and you are focused on the activity, you can get a lot done. So every Friday for one hour is my hour of getting better. And that's all it takes. Um, you know, when I carry a book with me in the car and in my purse because, you know what, there's any time of downtime, instead of playing Candy Crush, I'll read, you know, because the book's right there. <laughs> so, and a lot of times you can read online or you can listen to it. I can't listen to books online anymore because when I'm driving, I get so involved in the book that I worry about, was that light red or green? So I, I do that for the safety of the people around me. Bonnie, you mentioned Candy Crush. I hate to admit it when there's thousands of people that might hear about it, but I am addicted to Candy Crush. And uh, every free moment that I have, I play it. Uh, and Well, not every free moment, but in those down times, waiting for a customer to come get me or whatever, I try to get through a level and often have a level pause while I'm in a meeting. So uh, I get the Candy Crush piece. But I do listen to audiobooks. For me, I'm, I do get a little zoned out. But someone recently told me to listen on 1.5, which I thought was going to be impossible. And I'm, <laughs> I'm listening regularly on 1.25 right now. And it's amazing. You get through with a book so much faster. And I think you focus a little bit better uh, just on the content and not just the slow draw of the words. But uh, yeah. I can see how you get a little bit distracted. Yeah, everybody, and you know, everybody's a different learner too. Some are visual, some are you know kinetic. So you know, so everybody's different. So, and I'm still the old school. I love a physical book because I like to highlight and mark it up. Because, like I said, I do a little book report because I use you know take information and I can come back to it. So, I used to be a very <laughs> sorry. I used to be a very dedicated audiobook listener uh, as well, especially given driving on the Texas roads with all the traffic and everything else. That was about the only way you could do it during the commutes. But living in London, it's been nice to kind of actually hold a physical book and read it on the train, uh, the commutes back and forth to the office. Yeah. So, but again, it's so, anything you can do to make yourself better. No doubt. So, so Bonnie, it sounds like you're, you're, um, big into productivity and managing your schedule and in managing outlook tight. Can you, and you talked about your habit on Friday. Can you talk about more of just how do you keep yourself organized professionally and personally? Yeah, I used to be the queen of the to-do list. And, um, you know, I'd have a really long list, 30, 40, and love scratching it off. And um, I read a, a book and that say that that's really bad. And because if you keep adding to the list, and that's true. So um, I'm one of those individuals who have great ideas at night, and I'm like, gosh, I wish I could turn my brain off and get some good quality sleep. Well, I think I found a way to do that, and that is every night I shut down my computer and I write down three things I'm going to need to do the next day. So my day is not determined by most people open up Outlook and go, Almighty oh, Outlook, what should I do today? And that's, that's not a productive day. So um, every day I know in the morning what three things I have to get done. And I always get the thing done that I hate the most, and for me that's personally exercising, so I exercise first. And, boy, you have a better attitude when you get the, the activity that you don't like to do done first, the rest of your day sails. But you've got three key things that you need to get done, and anything else is a filler. And I think that that really helps me um, to know that my shut down and I'm already prepared for the next day. So then are you a zero inbox person? Do you, do you get to the bottom of Outlook every day, or how do oh, you – Oh, God, no. Nobody can. No. I mean, I think that – 
there's so many emails. Um, I went and took a class. I would recommend people go to Microsoft.com, take a class on Outlook. I learned a lot of great Outlook rules so that can help filter stuff. And um, I also schedule time to do email. I mean, I'm not in a sales position, but still, um, you got to teach people how do you want to be treated too. If you tell your customer, I'm on all the time, 24 hours, they're going to expect that. But we're human. We've got to turn this thing off. It, so I check in the morning, I check in the afternoon, and I check in the um, later in the afternoon. So basically three to four times at the most a day. Um, you know, that's what I do because I, nobody is going to die if they do not get an email from a sales instructor. I mean, really, and even in our industry, nobody's going to really die. We're not doctors and surgeons or something like that. Very, but we've got to make sure that um, we give ourselves some time away from these devices. It's not healthy. And then the other thing I might add is that I work, I'm a remote worker, and I used to have like literally the five-minute lunch over the sink and then go back. And now I make it an effort to get up every 20 minutes, um, and it, it helps to stimulate your creativity and your brain. I walk whenever it's not raining in Seattle. I'll you know, take a break and walk, and that's very powerful for all of us to walk away from media and refresh our brain um, and recharge. We need to do that. And um, there was a class in Stanford I took that said, you know what, if you work past 67 hours a, a week, your quality of work dries down dramatically. So it's not healthy, nor is it good quality work. So I do short bursts of projects, maybe 20 minutes uninterrupted, and you know what? If you can stay focused 20 minutes uninterrupted, you get quality work done the right the first time because multitasking makes you stupid. You can't, your brain can't do two things simultaneously. And we all try to do that, and something's going to not work. So those I love all those practices. tips. I love all those tips. The, <laughs> uh, I get distracted quite a bit. I do five, six things sometimes at once. I do kind of, I am one of those guys who falls into that inbox zero mindset. Um, I keep some actions in there. But I, just recently, dialoguing with another uh, business consultant, actually, uh, they've moved to a concept of writing down six things that they have to do or want to do the next day. They don't always get to those six things, and they throw that list away and start over every night so they can kind of have that let it out of my mind. And I know I, these things are important, and my list can't be that long. I'll never get to everything for sure. Yeah, that's true. So let's jump into uh, a little rapid fire segment that we haven't done with anyone yet, but we're going to test it with you. The answers okay. don't have to be super short, but the questions are intended to, to try and uh, spark some conversation. Um, we kind of led with one earlier, but I, I'll ask it as it sits. As you travel the world training, what is the biggest weakness you see over and over again in tech sales reps? Um, the lack of practicing the way they communicate. Perfect. What is one thing you wish tech sellers should do more of? Listen to learn and understand. Okay. What is one thing you wish tech sellers would do less of, or maybe none of? <laughs> less of? Um, I think I, less of is worried about the agenda being their agenda. You know, oh gosh, I have to talk about this product, mm. that product, I have to get all this in. Turn around and ask the customer, what do you want to learn or know in that time that we have together? Great. Love it. What is one tech sales attribute that you admire or like the most? 
uh, I would say people who are um, not afraid of change and are looking forward to it because things change. I mean, sometimes we have things and our competitors don't or we do and they don't. And so um, always looking forward to knowing that change, embracing change. Love it. So uh, the last rapid fire question is, and we all have something, hopefully you have a good one. What is the favorite resource that you like to share with tech sellers when you travel and train? LinkedIn. Tell me, tell us a little bit about your, your approach to LinkedIn, because I think everyone would say maybe it's getting a little stale. Maybe everybody's lying on LinkedIn. Tell me why, why and how do you use LinkedIn that might help, help our listeners? All right. I'll use, um, I'll use an example, um, Nike. I was working with the Nike team and, um, we went to, when you go to LinkedIn and you go to under we, company, Nike, we looked under careers, and there you search for, um, you know, uh, titles of individuals that you, A, would like to meet, or B, that would have information that you would need to know. And there we saw that Nike was advertising and needing a data scientist. And when you clicked on the job description, there you saw their five-year strategic plan of what Nike wanted to do with uh, their data scientists and how they wanted to mine the data. And in a tech and what we do, that information was priceless. You, it would take many, many conversations with a variety of different people to get what was in that job description because what they have on job descriptions within LinkedIn, average age of a LinkedIn is 47 with an income of 137K. It's, you know, it's an older and very, they're there to get results, build um, relationships get answers and so their job descriptions are different than what's on the world wide web so there are little things like that that can make our job as salespeople in tech a lot you know a lot stronger because we get this insight and i got it less than five minutes i just clicked on boom there it is to me i love to use tools that make me look smart i love it Okay, so Bonnie, we're going to wrap up with just a few more questions here. Um, and these are questions that we get a lot from the listeners. So, um, and we've already kind of started down the subject of books, but I'd love to get what, you know, maybe some of your favorite sales books and then some of your favorite non-sales books that you think that help you become a better professional, if that makes sense. Uh, well, I, I time, talent, and energy. And then the other book that I love, Great at Work. How Top Performers Do Less, Work Better, and Achieve More. Um, and I've been doing a lot on um, mindfulness. Um, and, I, you know, you can always get more books on inspiration of people. I love Amazon because, um, you know, you, they always, when you buy one book, they recommend a million others, it seems like. Um, one of the classes I've been work, doing is called Extreme Ownership, which is based on the Navy SEAL book. Love it. I live the 12 principles for um, have, you know, qualities of life. I love it. I mean, because to me, the Navy SEALs do it right. They have ultimate teams, but uh, they have 12 principles they live by, and I, I follow them. And it makes a big difference, and the biggest one is owning it. So when you know, something happens, a problem, if you tell somebody, you know what, my fault, I did it, you know, and here's what I'm going to do about it, there's no bitching or moaning. You just move on. You get the problem solved. It's yeah, I've heard about that book a number of times, and i got to be honest, I've never read it, but I will definitely put that on the Bobby Doss reading list and make sure I get through it for sure. <laughs> so 
uh, I'm a little biased here because we're on a podcast, but are there any other podcasts that you listen to that we might need to share or want to share with our listeners? Um, you know, to, one of the things I do, I, I love in my 30, my one hour is I find t- TED Talks are really good because I look at the way people are delivering their message to the audience. And what I like about TED Talks um, and to me is that they tell stories. The more stories you can hear other people tell in short, the better. J.J. Um, Abrams has a great TED Talk on how to tell stories, which is a lot of fun. And to be honest with you, I have your podcast, and um, that's about it. All right. <laughs> I like that a lot. I know. I bookmarked it. It's great, you know, because I, I do the TED Talks. I like that. I like looking at different ways people, because I teach a presentation class, so I love watching their delivery styles. That's great. And we'll include links to all of these books and to the TED Talks. Uh, if people haven't uh, investigated those before, it's great. There's, uh, As you mentioned, there are so many great speakers from so many different backgrounds and, and business environments. It's just a great way to, uh, and if to I, learn about people. If I could make one plug, um, there, if you have, you know, access, obviously everybody does the YouTube. If you look under the um, subject of Big Ideas by Patricia Florisi, um, when I first joined, um, Hadoop was coming out. I bought a book on Hadoop. Talk about a painful read. Um, <laughs> I, I literally I started crying. I tried reading you know, with alcohol to get through it. It was very dry. <laughs> so Patricia told me a story about Hadoop. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea it could do that. And I became very excited about Hadoop because she told a story. So she created a video where she's telling about how important Hadoop is to the business. Um, and somebody's drawing, and she does it in such an entertaining way that I, I guarantee everybody will like Hadoop. <laughs> so big ideas, <laughs> she does it on Flash, she does it on all of our high-tech information. And they're usually seven to eight minutes, and they're very entertaining because she's telling a story while someone's drawing. And that's the best way to learn. That's interesting. We need to get uh, Jeremy Epstein to do one on uh on uh, you know, Bitcoin and blockchain. He's a recent guest that we had on that's um, it's kind of the king of that from a marketing perspective. So very interesting. I know. I learned more about Bitcoin. I got a book on that too because I actually um, I'm a big fan of John Oliver. And uh, he did a segment on Bitcoin. And I'm like, I got to get myself more involved. So I bought a book on Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Well, so then our, always our, learning. Always learning. <laughs> Well, maybe we should just have her on the show and uh, let her share some of her stories with tech sellers as well. Yeah, she would, she's very energetic, yes. So something that Great always scenario. interests me is bucket list items. So you've been successful. You've done a lot of cool things. Bonnie, if you don't mind, share some, some of the things that are on your bucket list uh, that you'd like to accomplish. Um, write a book. I'd like to write a fun book. Um, I taught... Um, salespeople for many years and the stories and the things I've seen, you know, it will be a yeah, fictional book, but it'd be fun. And um, I love working with millennials who are just getting started because when I was a 25-year-old just getting started, um, I took a class with a woman and she made a huge difference in my life. She was able to get me out on the right foot. So if I can give back to millennials who are in the tech world, and I'm working with our new hires and our inside sales group to do that. That would be great. That's excellent. That's something we all share. Um, 
Well, well, wonderful. Well, Bonnie, we can't thank you enough for being on the show today. Uh, we appreciate all your insights, all your expertise, uh, all the books that you mentioned, the TED Talks that you mentioned specifically. We'll include all those on the show notes for everyone to uh, to check it out. Uh, so with that, thank you very much for being on the show. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Bonnie. Have a good night. You too. Thanks for listening to The Tech Sales Show with Bobby and Brian. Subscribe to their email list by going to bobbyandbrian.com and follow them on Twitter at Sales.